Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone I'm gonna make this place your home. Good morning. It's time for the Kern County Real Estate Review on AM 1560, FM 97.7, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com with Kern County's most listened to realtor and the host of our show, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker. Consistently ranked as one of the best in the business nationwide, Lori's been selling real estate in Kern County for over three decades, during which time... She successfully helped over 11,000 families meet their real estate needs. So if you're thinking of buying or selling, there's no better choice than the McCarty Group. Working with an expert makes the process easy and puts more money in your pocket. Just Google the McCarty Group. That's M double C A R T Y or call 661 665 sold. That's 661 661- Six six five seven six five three, and she or one of her partners will be delighted to help you. Let them make you their next success story. And good morning to you, Lori. Oh, good morning, Adelaide. How are you doing this morning? Uh, I'm doing really good, but it's really strange. Um, I I I hurt my ankle. Uh-oh. I posted it earlier on my social and stuff. And that I, how did I hurt it? If yeah. you're thinking, I hurt it by walking weird. Okay, why in the world were you doing that? <laughs> There's got to be a good story behind this. <laughs> There's no exciting story. My son and I were walking around and I said, my ankle's kind of bugging me. So I went home and then the next day it was all swollen and puffy and sore and I couldn't walk on it. I'm like, I didn't do anything. <laughs> but wait, you said you were walking weird. So I thought you were walking weird and then it started hurting. Well, it wasn't like weird on perp. Well, that's what they're telling me. You must have oh. been walking weird. Oh, I see. I thought you were walking weird on purpose. (laughs) And then it started hurting. And I was going to say, uh, that should be a lesson to you. Yeah, to quit walking is really my lesson I need to learn. Oh, I I see. Out of nowhere, my foot was swollen and people are making fun of me. Yeah. (sighs) I'm sorry. Yeah, well, I appreciate that too, but it's an excuse to lay around the house. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. (laughs) So so I might be doing that after the show today. So, how's your weekend going? so far well you know saturdays and sundays are the busiest days in real estate and uh, frankly this weekend is no different uh while some people might groan at the thought of working all weekend uh frankly i'm incredibly grateful when you're self-employed like me being busy is a good thing Mm. you know i recognize how blessed that i am to be able to be of service to so many people um now, of course, all that was you know, a long way to say uh, that once the show is a wrap, I'm going to need to rush on out of here to meet with clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm guessing for you uh, that your only big plans today are going to be uh, lounging around on the couch, right? Yes, and I have an excuse, uh-huh. so I'm okay with that. It's Netflix, couch, and ice pack. So, uh-huh. so I am uh-huh. going to take it easy the rest of the day. So I think that's good for you. Um, you know, aside from the ankle, 
um, it is important to pause and to recharge whenever you can. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you. Thank you. Now, I do see we have a guest waiting on the phone line. Who are we talking with and what are we talking about? Well, you know, this morning we're going to be speaking with a very innovative company, Emergent 3D. After my news story a few weeks ago, one of my amazing staff did a fantastic job of searching out a 3D printing company here in California that is helping to make 3D printed homes a reality on the West Coast. So this morning, we're going to do a deep dive and find out all about 3D printed homes. But before we jump into that exciting and innovative topic, I have another topic that I want to explore. You know, based on the activity levels that we're seeing, I think it's safe to say that the market is starting to gain speed again. Homes are selling and my buyer specialists are getting busier day by day. So with all of that being said, if you're thinking of selling your home or your home is on the market right now, you should start preparing for more showings. Mm -hmm. Now, in a perfect world, you're given ample notice prior to a showing. However, we all know life isn't perfect and things don't always work out as you plan. You might run into last-minute showings with very little notice. So how do you get your home ready to show in a very short amount of time? Well, for all of you out there that have been experiencing some of that, I have a few tips for you, and none of them include deep cleaning, okay? Everything is going to be quick and easy so you can get out of the door and let those potential home buyers start falling in love with your home. So first thing that I recommend is that you make all of the beds before showing your home. Now, this one may seem like a given to people, but a messy bed, it just completely distracts from the bedroom. If you make sure that all beds are made nicely before any buyers come over to your home, it's going to be just that much better. Try to get rid of all the wrinkles and the lumps for that hotel kind of feeling. Now, while I'm not by nature an every morning bed maker, okay, (laughs) there you have it. You've got my dirty little secret, okay? I highly recommend that when you have your home on the market, that you start your day by making your bed. This is going to make those last minute showings that much less stressful. And all you're going to need to do is simply give those beds a once over to eliminate any wrinkles that your pets or your children might have added throughout the day. Hmm, okay. okay. Next, clear the counters of mail and other junk. I mean, if you're like me, we all have that table or that counter that houses all of our mail or other things that we collect throughout the day. On the morning of your house showing, grab a basket and put all of your counter clutter into it and then take it with you when you leave. Because it's awfully hard for buyers to envision themselves in a messy house. Mm. Now, after the counters are cleared, empty all of the trash cans in your home, regardless of how full they are. People don't want to see your trash, and they certainly don't want to smell it. (laughs) Okay. In fact, a home that smells nice is a house that people are going to want to live in. So my next tip is to either turn on a wax warmer or turn on a diffuser. This is going to make your home smell good. 
And you would be shocked how often we hear that buyers become turned off by the smell in a home. And then they're going to cross it off of their list. So whether you choose a wax warmer or a diffuser, please make sure that the scent is light. You don't want anything overpowering because then it it might like seem that you're trying to hide something. So now after your trash cans are emptied and the home is smelling good, you're going to want to clean and then close all of the toilets. So before buyers come to view your home, give those toilets a quick clean and then close all of the lids. Regardless of how clean your toilets and your bathrooms are on the inside, a closed lid is always going to make that bathroom seem cleaner. Hmm. Okay? Trust me on this. Now, my next tip is to wipe down all the countertops. Give your countertops a quick wipe down before showing the home. It's going to remove any dust or dirt or spots that are going to make a potential buyer wary of keeping those counters clean when they move in. And now the next task, it might seem like the most tedious one, but you have to do it. Wash and put away all dirty dishes, or at least put them in the dishwasher. Dirty dishes are going to detract from all of the great things about your kitchen. So please take the time to wash them and put them all away. And as I said, if you don't have the time, throw them in the dishwasher to wash them later on. Hmm. Dirty dishes in the sink or stacked on the counter are going to make your kitchen unsightly. I think you should do these things anyway. Well, you should. Okay. But these but, are great because these are things you forget about. Well, you do. And yeah. in the, the turmoil of, oh, my gosh, somebody wants to come in 30 minutes, you know, uh. it's, it's those last-minute things, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is great. Particularly when homes aren't selling instantaneously, mm-hmm. right? They're remaining on the market 30 to 35 days now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the next thing. Please don't forget about your pets. No matter how lovable or friendly they are, please take your pets with you before you leave. Or be sure and secure them in an area of the home where they will be both safe and that they can't interact with the people viewing your home. You know, a lot of people have pets and lots of people love pets. However, the last thing you want is your pet becoming scared and jumping or biting someone who's viewing your home or becoming distracting from that showing. So please take your fur babies with you or make sure that they are in a safe and secure area so that those potential buyers can enjoy all that your home has to offer. Nice. Yeah. All right. So now the next one might seem like a no-brainer, but people forget so often to do this turn on all the lights and open up the blinds don't leave your home in the dark i know we've all been taught turn off the lights when you leave i can hear my dad saying it now were you born in a barn (laughs) turn off those lights right oh yeah 
But this is not the case when you're trying to sell your home. You want to make your home look bright and open and inviting. So turn on all of the lights. And don't forget to show off all the natural lighting by opening the curtains and the blinds to let the sunlight in. And then my last suggestion before you run out the door is to clear the entryway. If you keep shoes and coats in that entryway area of your home, put them into the closet, right? That way the entryway, which is the first thing that potential home buyers see when they walk into your home, you want to make sure that it's clutter-free so that you create a good first impression. Awesome. That's all great advice, Lori. Thanks, Oh, my goodness. Love it. Well, I'm looking at the clock, and I think that now is a great time for us to take a break. And when we return, I'll introduce our guest. So stay tuned, everyone. We'll be back in a minute after this short break. You're listening to the Kern County Real Estate Review with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group at Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And to reach Lori, you can call her or her team anytime at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or you can go to her website at themccartygroup.com, where you can tour all the properties available in Kern County from the comfort of your couch, request an in-person tour, find out the value of your home, and see the McCarty Group's success stories. Ranked number 10 in North America for Coldwell Banker last year, and the only Kern County realtor to be listed in the Wall Street Journal's Top 100 Agents for 2021, she is truly an expert in her field. Her desire, as well as that of her team, is to not only achieve their clients' goals, but to exceed their expectations. So let them do just that. And we'll be right back with the Kern County Real Estate Review here on KNZR. And we're back this morning with Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group on the Kern County Real Estate Review here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And Lori, before we jump into our topic today, we had a listener ask a question. Now, the person wrote in that they are thinking of retiring and want to find out about selling their home and purchasing a newer, smaller home. Now, can your team help them with both buying and selling? Oh, Adelaide, at this time of the year, we get a lot of sellers that are planning on retiring, and they're wanting to downsize. And for this listener and other listeners out there that find themselves in a similar situation, that are planning on retiring, and they think they want to downsize too, I encourage them to call our office. I'm going to meet with them personally to discuss what their home could potentially sell for. I'm going to present them with a marketing plan tailored to their home specifically, and I'll explain to them what the selling and buying process when you're doing it simultaneously looks like. And during that meeting, they'll have the opportunity to ask any and all questions that they might have. Hmm. Now, what about the buying side? So, Adelaide, as you know, I have a team of experienced buyer specialists that assist with the purchase of a new home. So, to our listener out there that asked this question, after I meet with you, I'll match you with the agent that I believe will be the perfect fit for you. They'll meet with you as well to find out 
what your wants and needs are for your new home, and then they'll be on the hunt for you to find that perfect home and show you the best of the best that is out there. And then throughout this whole process of selling your home and buying a new home, we'll both be by your side, along with the entire team. And the best part about working with the McCarty Group is that you not only have me, you have your buyer specialist, and you have a full administrative staff supporting you throughout the transaction. No matter what is happening, one of the McCarty Group team members will jump in and take care of you. We pride ourselves on providing 24-7 client support. That is fantastic. Now, there's nothing worse than having something go wrong or you have a concern and you can't get a hold of a person to help. I mean, that's so frustrating. And you don't want an answering machine during those times. No, you certainly don't. Oh, wow. So are you ready to introduce our guest? Definitely. So without further ado, I'm honored and privileged to introduce our guest today, Don Najamian of Emergent 3D. So, Don. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I believe you're the CEO of Emergent 3D. Is that correct? That is correct. I've, I've been involved with Emergent 3D for almost the last four years now, and I'm currently the, uh, the CEO. That's right. Wonderful. So help us get to know you and, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, again, thank you for having me. I'm, uh, again, the name's Don Ajamian. I'm a local resident of Shasta County. I've been up in this area for about 32 years now and uh, have been a general contractor for that entire time. I've been a licensed contractor in the state of California uh, for actually closer to 35 years or so and have run my business up here in Shasta County as a conventional construction company for uh, for that amount of time. I, I'm married, kids, grandkids. We've got a lot of roots up here in far northern California, but, uh, you know, originally I was from the southern California area, so I know that area quite well, and uh, California is our home. And, and so after we had our fires up here in Northern California, I was asked if I would help with the uh, rebuilding process with the long-term recovery Mm -hmm. group that FEMA had set up up here. And, uh, you know, this was our home. So it was a no-brainer to get involved and to be a part of of that recovery process. That's great. So tell us a little bit about Emergent 3D. Um, What all do you guys do? yeah. Yeah. So Emergent 3D, I'm sorry to, to cut you off. No, 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 uh, that is Emergent fine. Emergent 3D started actually out of that recovery effort. As as I was serving on this uh, FEMA-established long-term recovery team, mm-hmm. uh, I was also serving alongside many other Shasta County residents, one of, one of which was a gentleman by the name of Matthew Guile. And Matthew Guile was heading up the case management portion of the long-term recovery team. Uh, There were some 300 folks that lost their homes here in Shasta County from these fires that had no insurance or very little insurance and could not rebuild without significant help. And so as he was heading up case management, I was heading up the uh, construction subcommittee and and we worked to um, help those help that situation for for probably a couple of years for for a good two years meeting weekly and sometimes even twice weekly, and 
and rebuilding homes and raising volunteers and raising money and, and working towards that effort. And it was during that time that Matthew Guild, who is the founder of Emergent 3D, told me about this idea of 3D printing homes. And although I was quite skeptical at first, again, I'm a traditional builder and I've been doing that for quite a while. Right. Uh, so I was quite skeptical, especially here in California with this, you know, we have a, we have a history of unreinforced concrete, unreinforced right. masonry buildings coming crashing down in earthquakes and such. And mm-hmm. so I thought, you know, maybe in a third world country, but probably not here in California was my honest assessment right. from what little I knew at the time. Right. Um, but it was intriguing enough that I continued to fantasize about it with him, I continued to dream about it and think about the possibilities because if there was a way, like if we could really bring that method of building to market, uh, it addresses all of my pain points. And my the, the current pain points in construction is a, uh, you know, not a, not a very large supply of people coming into the trades. One of the, one of the stats that I quote often is for every five construction workers of my generation that are getting out of the trades, there's only one coming in. And so we've got quite a shortage of workers. Well, automation could directly address that. Mm-hmm. Um, the cost of materials, they're, they're so astronomically high right now that uh, automation and 3D printing in this style would actually reduce the amount of materials used. Uh, the time it takes to build, you know, just all the different right. pain points that we have to deal with in the construction industry it seemed that this technology could uh, at least give us a pathway to an answer for. So, so Emergent 3D was born, and we started, you know, digging in from there. And that was, like I said, that was about three and a half years ago that we started working in earnest on it. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Um, and so, in that time period, um, how far have you come? How many homes have yeah. you built? Yep. Yep. So we, um, it took us about two years to get to the point of actually creating a set of blueprints that would meet California's strict building codes. Okay. Uh, that, that took, that was a lot of work, a lot of time and effort. And about a little over a year ago, we actually, uh, reached that milestone. We, we got plans approved per the California building code. Uh, and actually have gotten it approved in four different jurisdictions here in mostly in Northern California area. Okay. Uh, and since then, we've actually been issued several permits, and we've built, uh, right now we're in the process of printing home number four up here in Northern California. Okay. Okay. That is great. Um, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about how exactly you do build a 3D home because obviously the process is going to be completely different from a traditionally built home. Yeah, very much so. Um, so for for the listeners that may not be familiar with it, a 3D printer, what I understood as a 3D printer before all of this was this computer-driven 
box about the size of a microwave oven <laughs> that would take molten plastic and create a 3D object. I've seen where folks have 3D printed cell phone cases, for example, right. you know, or um, even years ago, I was working with an architect while we were building these custom homes, and sometimes it's hard to um, relay what a home, how a home is supposed to go together with two-dimensional blueprints. And so mm-hmm. they actually had a 3D printer, and they could 3D print a very scaled-down version of this, this uh, very complex custom home structure, and it really helps tell the story. So that was, that's what I imagined as a 3D printer. Mm-hmm. So now take that, what you have in your head, and expand it to be the size of a house. We actually right. set up this 3D printer structure, which is uh, similar to like a gantry crane with, mm-hmm. a, with some towers and some beams. And it takes us a couple of days to get set up on site. And then instead of using hot plastic as our print ink, so to right. speak, we are actually using concrete. We are mixing, you know, cement and sand and gravel and, and water and some other additives on site and creating our own uh, special concrete mix that we then pump through and extrude through this computer-driven print head, and it just stacks up the walls layer by layer. Uh, we are For now, we are only 3D printing the walls, so the foundation is relatively standard. The mm-hmm. roof structure is relatively standard, and then everything else is relatively standard. And I say relative because everything's a little bit different because right. of this technology. But um, many of the other trades are are very similar to conventional construction. It's just that we are extruding concrete layers, kind of like the Play-Doh toys that we all played with as a kid that would right. extrude these shapes, right. and the Play-Doh would hold a shape. Mm-hmm. That is similar. It's just that the shape that we are extruding is about two inches wide and about an inch and a half tall. And we extrude that layer all the way around the house, and then we go around and do do it it again, again. and we go around and do Mm -hmm. it again until we have walls that are eight feet tall. And, you know, I don't think I realized until this conversation that you were printing it on site. I think in my head, uh, because I've done a little research, uh, it started with a a news story about uh, Lennar, um, being in concert with another company, I think it was Icon, in Austin or outside of Austin. Um, and then my staff started researching um, and, and uh, came across you guys here in California, which we thought was just fantastic. Um, but in my head, the walls were being created off-site and then being joined together or... Um, uh, yes, in my head, joined together on site. So it's fascinating to me to hear that, no, the walls are all being created on site and there is no joining together of the four walls. They're all being created um, contiguously, correct? Well, that's exactly right. And there are, you know... uh, there are pros and cons to both. Mm-hmm. So, so creating home sections or building sections in a factory 
one of the benefits of that is that it's climate controlled and you're not dealing with variations in temperature and you know rain or shine you you could be you know moving forward so there there is some advantage to that mm-hmm. the downside in in my opinion is that you are limited to a print size that you can actually truck down the highway right and so there are companies that are 3d printing actual homes in the factory and trucking it down the highway but then these are just going to be relatively simple smaller structures you know that that you can truck down a highway Mm -hmm. in our case our our the the printer that we currently own and and we've ordered some more because our the company is growing. We've got right. much coming up. But the, com- the the printer that we currently own has a print area, if you will, of three thousand square feet. And mm-hmm. so when we set this on site, we have the freedom to create these large, flowing and sweeping shapes mm-hmm. that would not really be conveniently possible to do in a factory. Right. Uh, and so there, there really is some benefit to doing it on site. We really want this to become as mainstream and as mainstream acceptable as possible. And I just don't think factory built versions will become highly commercially acceptable. Now, again, it's, it's a little more convenient today. We we prefer to try to work out the details on the site-built version because it offers us so much more uh, of future possibilities. That makes complete sense to me. Now, I want to shift gears just a little bit. When I think of a home that's built using concrete, it's just my natural inclination to think of it as being cold uh, because concrete is a cold material. Um, So are these homes insulated? Um, do they stay warm in the winter and cool in the summer? Yeah, that's a great question, and it's one that we do get asked often. Uh, so what I can tell you is that, yes, they are insulated. When we print our walls, uh, if you can think about it, we actually print the skin of the walls. We leave an air gap in the middle, and that air gap, and, and we leave an air gap, whether it's an exterior wall or an interior wall, because we use that air gap for things like plumbing and electrical. And in the exterior walls, we also use it for insulation. And okay. so with that air gap, it, although it is easy to imagine that concrete is cold, it's also relatively easy to imagine that with that air gap, the sun could be cooking the exterior surface but because of that air gap, the inside surface is not getting heated. Ah. It's still cool to the touch. Okay. And I would even argue, and actually our our energy uh, calc engineer uh, would agree as well, that printing that building this way is perhaps even more efficient. One of the deficiencies of conventional construction is that you have a wood stud every 16 inches. Mm-hmm. And that wood stud every 16 inches is actually a thermal conductor. It's, it's, mm. There is this inch and a half space where there is no insulation, and that wood becomes a conductor of heat and cold from the outside to the inside. Right. In the mm. case of 3D printing, we don't have that thermal conductivity. There are no studs in the exterior wall. It is full of blown-in insulation, and it keeps the exterior surface 
completely separated from the interior surface. So the home that we got approved up here in Reading, the one that we are now in the middle of our fourth uh, print on, was actually tested and approved per the California Building Code. Uh, I'm sorry, per the Energy Code, <laughs> and it it calced to be 29% more efficient than California Energy Code standards require. Well, that's fantastic, particularly yeah. in an era where energy costs are rising uh, yeah. as I speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's great. Um, so you kind of touched on one thing that was was kind of leading to my next question, which is, uh, why someone chooses a 3D printed home uh, over a traditionally built home. And I'm going to imagine that uh, cost savings is is one of those, correct? Yeah. So there's um, there are, in my humble opinion, a lot of reasons why somebody might choose it. <laughs> right. Uh, most people usually lead with the cost savings aspect. And what I quickly respond with is the cost savings for construction is coming. We are just not there yet. We're, we're working on it. And it's not hard to imagine that we will get there. It's just that the technology needs to advance a little more. We as, as an industry need to get better at it, but we will get there. It's not far off that I could see us saving 10 to 15% on the cost of building a home. Okay. But in my mind, and the thing I try to share with most people is this, the biggest benefit of building a 3D printed home as compared to a traditionally built home is the design capabilities. Mm-hmm. If, if, if all a person wants is a home that has straight walls with square corners and uh, is a glorified box, you know, without being, um, look, I've built, glorified boxes for thirty for a 30-year career, so I'm speaking to myself. <laughs> um, but if that's what somebody wants, then I'm going to say respectfully, it's probably better that they build it conventionally. Okay. But if they want something that is that has these beautifully organic curves and radius corners and shapes that would absolutely be unavailable in uh, the conventional building world, mm-hmm. then... That is the biggest benefit. You, we can, we can print curves and shapes and designs and textures that simply are not available in the conventional uh, construction market. Okay. Um, now I have also heard that timing is more favorable in a three D printed home as opposed to a traditionally built home. Is that true, it, or do we need to is. advance more to make that be a reality? Well, um, both are true, but yes, it is. And one of the reasons is as we print our walls, and we, we extrude material to print our exterior and interior walls. Every, every wall in the house is being 3D printed. Okay. That printed surface, that printed wall is not only replacing the wall framing, but it's also replacing exterior stucco or siding, mm-hmm. and it's replacing the interior drywall on the walls. And so if you think about all of the time that those trades will take, then it's pretty easy to see that, you know, 3D printing that house 
in about a week's time, in a one week time, will save quite a bit on the overall build time of that house. Absolutely. Does your machine ever uh, call out sick or show up late? (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, you laugh, but the answer is kind of like, yes. I mean, the technology, we're still like, we still have issues. I I, I wish I could say the technology was perfect, but um, there are a lot of moving parts. Mm -hmm. And we are using the -the state-of-the-art equipment with the -the state-of-the-art materials and the -the state-of-the-art software but the state of the art still has some work to do. And so um, I wish I could laugh along with you, but inside <laughs> I'm not, because um, there are days that it just, you know, we're inventing an industry, and, mm-hmm. and, and it is work, and it, there is some effort, and things do not go perfectly every day, I'm afraid. Um, but we are getting there, and we are getting better. And as we do, and as the technology does, that's when we're really going to hit our stride with, mm. with things like cost and, and time and, and all the rest, yeah. But it is wonderful to have you uh, as such a pioneer. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I think it is, it is a, a wonderful emerging industry, and um, it is exciting to be visiting with you. Um, this was such no, a— thank you. I, um, oh, I'm sorry. No, go right ahead, Don. Well, the thing I learned in the three years that we've been ramping this company up, uh, I traveled around, you know, in different places of the world and looked at different 3D print jobs and and uh, talked to lots of different people, as you might imagine. And the thing I really appreciate is that there is a generation younger than me that figured out how to make the computer talk to the big machine. And Mm -hmm. it is technology that I will never fully understand. It's technology that I could have never done myself. So I'm eternally grateful for a younger generation that was able to do that. And now it is my generation's turn to make these homes a little more livable because most of what I saw all over the world... um, I, I think we are in a honeymoon phase, and so you can almost print anything, and people will ooh and ah over it. But I raised four boys, and I can't imagine my fam- my young family growing up in one of those homes that have very rough textured walls and that, that they just didn't feel very livable. So I hope, if anything, what I and Emergent 3D will bring to this industry is that we just take it to a next level of livability, and and that's that's really that's really a big part of our focus as a company. I think that is a great goal, and this has been a fantastic introduction, Don. I think this is a great place for us to take a break. But all of you listening, don't touch that dial because we're going to be right back. We've got a lot more to cover as we continue discussing three D printed homes. This is your host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. Broadcasting here on 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
You're listening to KNZR, 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, and streaming live on KNZR.com. And we're back this morning with the Kern County Real Estate Review, featuring our host, Lori McCarty of the McCarty Group. For all your real estate questions, call Lori at 661-665-SOLD. That's 661-665-7653. Or go online to themccartygroup.com. You can also follow Lori on social media. For Facebook, follow her at The McCarty Group or on Instagram at Lori underscore McCarty. And to keep up with all the real estate news in Kern County, you can follow this show on Facebook and Instagram at the Kern County Real Estate Review. There you can also submit questions you'd like Lori to answer on air or suggest topics you'd like her to cover on Saturday mornings. In this morning, we're talking with Emergent 3D about the 3D printed homes they build. And Don, so are 3D printed homes safe? I mean, are they built in compliance with the California building codes? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. We So the homes we are building now have been scrutinized per the California Building Codes and have actually uh, uh, passed compliance. We are in the process of printing number four, and every one of them not only has a full building permit, but has been inspected all along the way during construction. So the answer is yes. So I assume, Don, that means, because um, I was wondering the same thing, I assume that means they will withstand earthquakes. Yeah, so, and again, great question. It's one I've been asked more than once. I can imagine. Example, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so the example I give is if you think about the concrete parking structures uh, all over the state, many mm-hmm. of them are built in earthquake-prone areas, and they are built using concrete and rebar. Right. Our structure is much the same way as a post and beam parking structure. The only difference is and and because we do have rebar, we do have we have concrete columns with rebar in them that that we incorporate into our prints, into our homes. And then we just connect those dots with the printed surface to create our exterior and interior finishes. Uh so it is um Right now, our earthquake zone up here in Shasta County, where we're approved, is at, you know, the Shasta County level. But if and when we build in a higher seismic zone, I imagine our columns and our rebar and such would be increased in size so that it will withstand uh, per the code in those areas as well. Okay. That makes complete sense to me. Um Along that same vein, are there any natural disasters that a 3D printed home wouldn't fare well in um, and that maybe a traditional stick-built home might hold up better? Well, you know, the the one that does come to mind, obviously, is the earthquake. Generally speaking, when the ground is shaking, to have have a building that has a little bit of pliability to it is beneficial as, as opposed to something very rigid. Okay. Uh, but the, the purpose of the building code is for life safety. Right. Uh, what we don't want is the roof to crash down on somebody. So structurally, the, the structure uh, uh, can withstand those forces, although the rigidity of the structure might cause some cracking uh, and such in some of those, uh, the finished wall surfaces that that could be repaired, assuming they're not, you know, um, you know, structurally, uh, you know, hurting the integrity of, of the structure itself. But, uh, but other than that, 
you know, things like fire. Many, many of the homes that we have coming up to rebuild are in areas that were devastated by wildfire. And right. although we can't legally say that this is a fireproof house, because it's not, we still have a conventional roof structure and we still have doors and windows, uh, certainly uh, there is some level of peace of mind if your home is built out of concrete as opposed to, you know, wood framing and siding and such. So, uh, you know, we feel that there's benefit in fire-prone areas. We feel mm-hmm. there is benefit. We've been we've been approached even by FEMA in high wind areas. Uh, we've been asked if we could design a structure that would would stand up against 200 mile an hour force winds and. The answer is we certainly can. I mean, anything can be designed and, and built uh, uh, like that. But, but uh, you know, again, I, I, I like to think anything's possible. Right. And we want to make sure when, when we got our plans originally plan checked the first time up here in the city of Reading, it went through, I think it was four rounds of questions and clarifications and corrections. It, the city of Reading had three structural engineers on staff mm-hmm. evaluating, and we had our two uh, structural engineers on our staff, and they all went back and forth again. I think it was four times, four or five times. And as a builder and as a uh, as one of the owners of Emergent 3D, I am very glad that it went through that high level of scrutiny because we all want to build a safe product. We all want to build something that that will not only last a long time, but will actually perhaps be somebody's safe haven uh, as opposed to, uh, you know, maybe the home that they lost prior to that. Oh, of course. Um, and and that is something that's interesting that FEMA had approached you regarding um, yeah. high winds because I was actually thinking, wow, I wonder if this would be uh, appropriate in a hurricane-type situation mm-hmm. um, because um, – you know, my goal eventually is to live uh, on the Gulf Coast. Uh, my husband says I'll never get there, but I'll never <laughs> retire from selling real estate. But uh, that is my goal. And then, of course, the the downside of that is, you know, well, gosh, have you seen how many hurricanes come across there? So, you know, it's a ongoing battle we have. But um, so back to um, these th- 3D homes. Uh, I'm imagining since you're on your fourth home, um, there have not been any issues whatsoever with homeowners insurance. Correct? That 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 is correct. We've actually been quoted by State Farm and others uh, for homeowners insurance coverage. Um, both, um, and I'll throw in also with conventional lending as well. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They've you know, we're building on site. It's a conventional foundation in the ground. It's not, you know, a mobile home. It's not right. you know, modular in any way. Um, so, yeah, not only are we able to get conventional uh, insurance, but also conventional financing for, for the end user. And the the conversations we're having now with the insurance industry isn't about simple coverage, but it's more now about coverage in areas that they are presently not covering people in because of the danger. There are parts of California that no insurance company will cover for 
uh, because of the threat of fire. Correct. And so those property owners are stuck with what's called the California Fair Plan. Mm-hmm. And and although it's something, it's not very comprehensive and it is very, very expensive. And right. so our thinking is with a concrete 3D printed home, perhaps we can start getting insurance companies to cover in some of those areas with this with this type of home and it opens up a market for them it 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 actually makes it more affordable for for folks to build or rebuild you know whatever the situation is that that's really the part we're working on but uh, if you can get insurance conventionally for a stick built home then you can get it for a 3d printed home that's wonderful so for your homeowners that have moved in um, what do they say it's like to live in a 3d printed home is it any different from living in a traditional home? Yeah, so we haven't. So we are in the process of printing number four, but number one, two, and three have not even been finished yet from all the oh. other all the other trades doing their work. Okay. What I can tell you though is this: there is a, a home I visited that was three D printed down in Tempe, Arizona, okay. uh, about a year or a little more ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, the word we got about midsummer, this last summer, was that that homo that homeowner um, didn't turn on their AC at least up to that point yet. So the the comment was that the home felt very energy efficient, and mm-hmm. so that was just good to hear anecdotally. Um, aside from that, I really didn't hear much more. And if I'm being very honest, that was one of the homes that I saw that I just wasn't real crazy about the level of finishes on it, but mm-hmm. I didn't hear any feedback on that. Okay. Um, maintenance. Can you think of anything different in terms of maintenance that uh, someone who owns a, a 3D printed home is going to have to address rather than living in a a stick built or a traditional home? You know, just things are a little bit different. Um, if you want to hang a picture, you're going to do it a little differently oh, on, I hadn't on thought these about walls that. than you would conventionally. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, but, but, but it's possible. It's all possible. Like um, right. if it's something that's simply not very heavy, there's a lot of peel and stick options yep. To, yep. to hang lightweight pictures. If it's something heavier, there are concrete screws just like there are wood screws. I was going to say, they're so masonry screws, no problem. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's right. Uh, the walls, generally, all we're doing, we are either clear coat sealing the printed wall or we are painting it. Okay. And, and that is a common maintenance just like in any other home. Yep, sure is. Okay. Yep. Fantastic. Um, let's see. Adelaide, I'm sure you're sitting over there with questions galore. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, it's just really cool to think about it. You know, when you talk about, I mean, less labor, it seems like you could run these things 24 hours a day. I mean, eventually, but, you know, and and also, uh, you know, addressing things like homelessness even. It's like, you know what, you put these out there, you build a bunch of, you know, units for for things like that just just it's expanding my mind on the potential of what can happen in the future with this and you know it it just seems really mind-blowing well and and that is something don let's to to those naysayers out there who might say that well gosh um you know 
if you're going to let technology take over uh, the construction industry, isn't that going to put a lot of people out of work? What do you have to say to them? Yeah, so um, that was that, and and this is the industry that I've given my career to. So I took that consideration very seriously. Uh, I'll go back to the stat I quoted earlier. For every five of me aging mm-hmm. out of swinging a hammer, there's only one younger person coming in. And so when I do the math, that means we've got to automate the process by 80% just to keep up. And the last I checked, California is not keeping up with the housing needs. So automation will not take jobs. In fact, what it will do, uh, so here's how I think about it. If you consider the limited resource of construction workers and the limited resource of money. And we can apply this technology to building homes and leverage those two limited resources, then we should be able to output more homes. With the same people and the same money, we should be able to output more homes. And that is more than just a good story um, because as I was sharing that with one of the largest uh, construction trades unions in the country, Layuna. Mm-hmm. They agree a hundred percent, and every one of our field employees is a Layuna employee. Uh, they are being fully trained by Layuna. We have a construction union behind this. So, if that speaks to the question as to whether this is stealing jobs, it mm-hmm. clearly is not. It's the construction of the future. When uh, for years, I had a hard time convincing a younger generation to come swing a hammer or pick up a shovel. But now I'm trying to convince them to use their thumbs to control a touch screen to, con- to, that, to operate a 3D printer. And a lot of people are wanting to do it, right? So right. we are just, when, when I hear, when I hear you know, my generation talk about this younger generation that simply doesn't want to work, Quite frankly, my response is, well, maybe they just don't want to work for you. Maybe we need to create jobs that work for them. Right. And a technology construction job is part of that answer. Uh, and, and I can – this is not anecdotal. This is our real-life experience. We are getting young women who are applying for work and are working with us. We are getting people – we're getting young, old. We're getting people who would not traditionally be in – construction and they are out here as part of our uh part of our construction crew mm-hmm. we're attracting a new generation we're attracting new people who would not normally do construction and it is sorely needed in this industry right i agree with you a hundred percent um so we are almost at the end of the show but before i let you go i have one last question do you think that there is a chance down the road that someday there could be more 3D printed homes than stick built homes. Oh wow! Um, it depends how far out someday is. <laughs> what I will say, if I'm looking into my crystal ball, so emergent 3D. Although the name three, the word 3D is in our company name, we are we're a construction company, and mm-hmm. at at the heart of who we are. We are a construction technology implementation company, and right now the technology that we are implementing is 3D printing. It's going to evolve. 
Mm-hmm. That machine that we set up will eventually do more than just extrude layers for walls. It's going to do finishes. It's going to install rebar. It might install the electrical outlets and boxes. It might, you know, it, it's very conceivable to think that we will automate more of the process, and that is necessary. And that will just basic competition uh, will mean that more and more people will get involved in this because it will be some. There will be cost savings. There will be higher levels of energy efficiency and 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 greater design uh my the the dream that this helps bring to life in my mind is that we can address things like homelessness and workforce housing mm-hmm. and disaster recovery but yet print these beautifully organic and unique homes not just boxes you know that are just you know meant to keep people out of the rain, but maybe we can actually give those folks homes with real dignity and that are beautiful and there's some pride of ownership. So I think I think that the draw will be irresistible for people to get into this eventually. Only the crazy are in it right now, but they're coming. <laughs> I, I, more and more we'll get into it, I'm sure. Hey, hey Lori, I want to squeeze in something too, if Absolutely. that's okay. This this probably sounds weird, but I was thinking: Is there a live camera feed while it's building? Like, I really I'm like curious oh, in my mind to see. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to watch this for a while and watch it build. I mean, is that available or is that crazy? So it it's not crazy, and the answer is yes. We do have one, and there is a login <laughs> for it. Although, if we put that login information on the air, I'm afraid it'll overwhelm. Oh. I'm afraid it would so, too, Dodd. <laughs> yes, but we do for. For the partners that we are working with on any of our projects, there is a live camera that they can log on to at any time and watch the progress happening. And we don't mind passing that out as, you know, more on an as-needed than an as-wanted basis. But, okay. but yes, there absolutely is, and, and I'd be happy to share it with you perhaps off the air. <laughs> That's cool. And maybe even just, yeah, eventually get like a kind of best-of clips or something. That'd be really cool to see that. Gosh, this well, is certainly, and you can always go to our website. I'm sorry to interrupt. Go but you right can ahead. Always go to our website. We have a lot of those types of videos. We have a lot of images of some of the different homes that are in design phase and the projects we have coming up. It's emergent-3d.com. Um, go on there. We have we've got a ton of those videos. Social media. If you follow us there, there's a lot of videos there as well that you you can see the process in action. Don, I can't thank you enough for being on the show uh, today and telling us all about 3D printed homes. This was absolutely fascinating. Um, thank you. Well, thank you, uh, Lori and Adelaide. It's, it's my pleasure. I, I hope, I know it's just over the phone, it's not in person or via Zoom, but I, I hope my enthusiasm comes through. My, Loud this, and clear. This has reinvigorated me. Yeah, well, good, good. Well, we're glad it has reinvigorated you. Uh, It has excited us tremendously. Um, Good. good. And I know that our audience has enjoyed every minute of it. Um, A heartfelt thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in today and for tuning in each and every week. Uh, Today we've connected you with Don Ajamian of Emergent 3D, and we've given you the scoop on 3D printed homes. Thank you 
to all of you out there for tuning in today. I know Adelaide and I both look forward to visiting with you again next Saturday at 11 a.m. As a quick reminder, you can revisit the details of today's topic or encourage someone who'd benefit from today's information by tuning in to an encore presentation of the show each Sunday morning at 8 a.m. here on KNZR just before Sean Hannity. Or you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts by searching the Kern County Real Estate Review. Or you can always listen to them on our website at themccartygroup.com. This is Lori McCarty with the McCarty Group of Coldwell Banker Preferred Realtors and your host of the Kern County Real Estate Review, wishing you and yours a blessed day and a fantastic week ahead. You're listening to 1560 AM, 97.7 FM, KNZR, and streaming live on KNZR.com. We'll be back next week.